water at the same time, apparently. Oh, what a great word. What a great service. What a great anointing today. Amen. The band did fantastic, did they not? What a day. Amen. Our, our singers were beautiful. Everybody beautiful. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're looking better than usual. <laughs> Woo! Brother Joe. Would you turn around and look at Ronnie and tell him you're looking better than usual? There he is right there. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. God is good. Last week was amazing. Oh, my goodness. So we were believing this year for $30,000. Uh, we, we are building a new kid, a little kids, our pre-K through fifth grade uh, the youth have the big pavilion in the back with the basketball goals and the little ones get hurt all the time. And so uh, we're building our kids a playground right over here in this back corner. And we've had three loads of dirt brought in and they're leveling that up. And I've been on the phone with people about, about the, the AstroTurf, the fake grass. And um, we're looking at possibly putting a roof on it. We're not sure. We're going to get a bid on that. And so that's going to be exciting to have a place that our children will be safe. And um, and we're putting in a, a high-def uh, new computer with cameras so we'll have four different cameras around the building four different shots and so everyone that you're watching online i'm far away and kind of uh i don't maybe look as good uh as you think i should that's not going to change but you're going to get to see me closer uh they'll be able to zoom in and we'll get different shots and so uh that that whole system four cameras computers all the the installation and the training all that's about twenty six thousand. And so we were believing the Lord for $30,000. But we had two air conditioners go out. And so uh, we need to replace those. And so, you know, uh, things can add up very quickly, can't they? But the Lord knows. And so last week when it was all said and done, uh, and this week we've had some more come in, and maybe you were here, you weren't here last week, and you want to be, you want to get an envelope, you can still do that. Uh, you can see an usher, get one of these resurrection envelopes, fill it out, what I'm believing for, and anything that comes in in those will go in the resurrection offering. But as of right now, we were believing for 30, right? As of right now, we're at about $51,000 that came in last week. Unbelievable. I have just been in awe and so blessed and excited all week, but we've already, man, we've been spending money. I wrote a $12,950 check this week, uh, a half deposit on uh, order and everything. Our new screen is being custom built. It's going to be 15 feet wide by 8 foot 7 high and uh, to get the high def look. And uh, it, it, we're, we're excited about what God is doing. But you know what? It's through you. And I tell you what excites me more than the amount is this week as I've been going through these envelopes and reading, I'm believing far. Listen, I've prayed over each one of them. I'm going to continue to pray over each one of them. And as God does miracles and answers, please let me know. Let's begin to share some testimonies of what God has done. And we're believing it represents family and, and relationships and marriages and finances and children. And uh, just across the board, so many things uh, that we're believing for. And so last week we released 2021 to the Lord. And we received 2022. And so now I want us, I want you to put your faith 
Uh, you, you already gave your seed. You planted your seed. And now let's believe God. Amen. To bring it to pass. Amen. Come on, stretch your hands out toward your seed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to say thank you for the miracle resurrection offering last week by the hands of your people. Father, you moved on their heart. You moved by faith. Lord, you spoke and they responded and said yes. And so, Lord, what a miracle. Father, we're going to be able to do all that we need to do. And, Father, just come to a new place of excellence so that the gospel will be able to go out across the world in high death. Father, that we can preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And, Father, bless the, the, the children's playground and all that come together. Our new air conditioners. Lord, you've provided for all. And we say thank you. Now, Lord, you see every line I'm believing for. Each person. Lord, I pray that you would miraculously move on their behalf. Move in their home, their family, their marriage, their children, their finances, their health. Lord, we're believing you for miracles. And we know you will not fail us. You've never failed us. And you won't. So we receive this 2022 resurrection offering into the kingdom, into the harvest uh, field, into the planted seed. And we ask you to watch over it, let it grow, and bring back a harvest in Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. amen. Turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of St. John. We are just so, so excited that you're here. We look around and uh, what a joy it is. So wonderful. Um, Amen, just to have you in the house. What a beautiful crowd today. We're so honored uh, that you're here. So good to see Sister Jane. We've missed her. She's recovering well from surgery, and we're so glad she's here. So good to see Corey and Crystal this morning. Uh, Corey, normally, uh, you know, they were up in the Alba, up the area. He said it took them 45 minutes to an hour to come to church. Uh, but they just bought a new house nine minutes away. Hallelujah. That's all right. And uh, we're so honored and so glad that, that they're here. And, uh, of course, good to see Ronnie and Amy this morning. Good to see you, everyone. Listen, if you, if you miss a service or two, we miss you. Now, you, you see, we've got a few, uh, not first-timers, but guests. And that's because today, this afternoon... Uh, at 1 o'clock, we have a beautiful wedding right here in the auditorium. So don't worry, I'm not going to preach too long. Because I've got a wedding here at 1 o'clock. We've got to get ready for it. And uh, Brother Sammy and Sister Deborah are getting married today. And we're so happy, so proud for them. They have lots of family here uh, that are going to be at the wedding. And uh, we're so happy. Now, today is Sister Deborah's birthday. Okay? But never fear. She's not getting older. Today at 1 o'clock, she's marrying Sammy Young. And she will forever be young. Yeah, it's pretty good on your birthday to get young, isn't it? So last Sunday, we started a new series uh, called Resurrecting Hope. How many would need some more hope? We want to overcome life's challenges. And uh, we know in life, there's a lot of challenges. Every morning when you wake up, there's challenges. When you get out of bed, uh, there's something to face. There's issues, there's trials. And so we're talking about resurrecting hope. And we saw how Mary, she went to the tomb and she was expecting to find the body of Jesus. But instead the tomb was empty. And she was hopeless. 
until Jesus revealed himself and called her by name. And then her hope was restored. I'm telling you, all of us have, have times in our life where we feel hopeless. But God is able to turn it around and resurrect our hope. There's nothing that will make you feel more hopeless than failure. There's nothing that will challenge you more than when you sin. When you have a goal set and you don't meet it. When you expect to do one thing and something else happens. When you have all your plans set and then things totally flip around. When life betrays you. When hardships come. When anxiety and fear and failure comes into our life. Hopelessness sets in. One of the greatest challenges in our life that we face is how do we handle relationships you know life is about relationship many times i've heard preachers many preachers say this i think i've probably even said it the ministry would be wonderful if it wasn't for people because with people come problems come issues one of the greatest things that we have to learn is how to deal with people. How to have relationships. And, and we've got to learn to apologize. Let's practice. Look at your neighbor. I'm sorry. See, that's not that hard, is it? But oh, it's so hard sometimes for husbands to tell wives they're sorry. Wives to tell husbands. Parents to tell children. You ever tell your children you're sorry? You should. If you act ugly, like you correct them for doing... You should make it right. That's how they learn. It's it's hard sometimes to forgive people when when they've hurt us. It's hard to... uh, When we experience brokenness. When someone betrays us. When husband and wife have issues and siblings and parents and children and friendships hit difficult times and someone betrays you, lies on you, steals from you... Cheats on you. Says bad tweets about you. I don't know. It, it can rob us of our hope. Hope for that relationship. So many times people fail us and, and we look at them and we go, how can that be restored? How can I ever look at them the same way? How can I ever get over that? And we feel hopeless. But can I tell you today, in and through the power of Jesus Christ, and because He lives, I can face tomorrow. And because He is alive, I have hope. Hope is a wonderful thing to have. We, we, we see the, the challenges in, in Jesus' life. And here he comes to the, to the point of death. And he's arrested and he's tried and he's crucified. And now his disciples have all dispersed. When they arrested him there in the garden, they all went their separate ways. They begin to follow him from afar off. They begin to separate and distance themselves. It's amazing. Man, everybody's your friend until you have a little trouble. People will start distancing themselves from you. Yeah. You know Pastor Samuel? Uh, Samuel who? 
But we find out here in, in John chapter 18. Let's begin to read uh, in John chapter 18. And uh, let, let's begin reading in verse number 15, just a couple of verses, 15 through 17. Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did another disciple. The other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, so he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Peter had to stay outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching the gate, and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, You're not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said. I am not. Wow. Now, do you remember just a little bit before this, Jesus, or Peter told Jesus, Lord, I. Listen, see these other guys, these other disciples? They're wishy-washy. These guys are flaky. They'll probably desert you and leave you. But Lord, me, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And I think he was sincere. I think he had a heart. He loved Jesus and he was not planning on denying. He was not planning on following from afar. He wasn't planning on any of that. He was sincere. But circumstances can change our declarations. Lord, I'll never. And don't say never. Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And now that Jesus is in there and the first lady lets him in the gate, she says, hey, are you one of his disciples? And he says, no, I'm not. Let's look at verse number 25. Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire warming himself, they asked him again, You're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, No, I'm not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Didn't I see you there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it. That's number three. And immediately, the rooster crowed. Can you imagine at this moment? Here's a man full of hope. I mean, Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Peter's going to do great things. He had the revelation that he was the Christ. And now then, Jesus has said, you're going to deny me three times. No, not me. And now then, all of a sudden, three times. I love how King James says it. Finally, it says that he just swore. He just let out a few words and says, well, does that sound much like a disciple of Jesus? And all of a sudden, cock-a-doodle-doo. And all of his hope, all of his hope in himself, in others, in Jesus, is crushed. Now, Judas betrayed Jesus, sold him. He got hopeless, but he took matters in his own hands. And he went out and killed himself. That's, that's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If he had just waited. 
Peter denied Jesus three times. And the Bible says he left that place and he went out and he wept bitterly. He was sorrowful. He was hopeless. He had ruined. Now, in these times, when you picked a a rabbi, when you chose someone to follow, if that relationship, if you did something to break that, that relationship was unfixable in their culture in that time. So he's thinking, I'm done. There's no fixing this. And he went out and he wept bitterly. Well, I mean, we're, 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 as we talk about Peter and uh, following Jesus for three years and uh, three and a half. And, I mean, he, he had so many hopes and dreams. But I'm going to tell you something. Look, look, look at this slide. Our lives can be a confirmation or a denial of our connection to Jesus. Read that again. Our lives can be a confirmation or a denial of connection. What does your life say about you and your walk with God? What what does your life say on the job? What does your life say at school? What does your life say when you're out of these four walls? Does your lifestyle, does does what you post, does how you talk, how do you treat people, is it a confirmation that you're a follower of Christ or is it a denial of any connection to Him? Listen, the way we act, the way we talk, our speech, the way we treat people, uh, uh, whether we choose to accept or deny People are watching. They had been watching. And they said, you look like, you look like one of them. And no, 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 I'm not. You sound like one of them Christians. Oh, how does this sound? (laughs) Now, you see, that morning in the room, uh, right here in this room, I promise you, every single one of us can think uh, over the past few hours, Weeks, days, years, uh, where we've had words and actions and, and, and things that we've said and done that hurt the heart of God. That disappointed Him. He, he, he knew it was coming. He knows everything. He told Peter beforehand it was going to happen. But in our lives, we look and we go, you know what, I'd never do that. And if we're not careful, we'd do worse. And like Peter so many times, uh, we, we, we live as though we don't even know Jesus. We break his trust. We speak harshly. We, we hurt people. We hold hate in our hearts. And unfortunately, we sometimes can be unloving. So, <laughs> can I say this? Some of the meanest people I've met in church. I've been hurt. Not by by the the worst, not by people in the world. People that confess Christ as their Savior. You know, the uh, uh, speaker Brennan Manning, this is, I think, a sad, sad quote. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians. Who acknowledge Jesus with their lips. But walk out the door and deny him in their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world finds unbelievable. Amy has a friend that uh, has professed to her uh, that she's an agnostic, which means I just don't not don't know if there's a God, because she was raised in church in a pastor's home, 
But something happened. Somebody, somewhere, hurt her. She didn't see the Bible and people's lives lining up. Something turned her to where now she's not even sure if there's a God. Sometimes when people disappoint. But listen, our hope is not in people. Our hope is in Jesus. Can I get an amen? John chapter 21. We go there real quickly. Uh, let's, let's read uh, verse 1 through 3. John chapter 21. Later Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several other disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Yeah, listen, that's not a bad statement. I want to say that myself. My son said the other day, Dad, can we just schedule a fishing trip? Because if we don't, we're not going to go. I said, you're absolutely right. Why was this such a bad statement? You see, Peter was a fisherman. Jesus called him from a fishing boat. Come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He left his nets. He left his past. He left his profession. And he came and followed Jesus, learning everything Jesus did. He wanted to be like Jesus. And now then, he failed. His hopes, his dreams, his desires, everything he thought was going to happen. Now then, the man that he thought was going to be the next ruler, he was the Messiah, he was going to set up his kingdom, they were going to take over. Now then, he's been crucified, he's been killed. And he denied him. The last thing Peter did before Jesus died was to look at him and say, I don't even know him. Have you ever had a situation to where something happened and then that person died and you never got opportunity to say, I'm sorry? That bothers us. That bothers people. And all we can do is just tell the Lord we're sorry because we don't have the opportunity to make it right. And that's what Peter's thinking. I didn't even get a chance to tell him I was sorry. Because the Bible says when Peter denied him that third time and the rooster crowed, Jesus just turned and looked at him. Peter couldn't even take that. He, he, he ran off, wept and cried. And Now then, Peter said, I'm going fishing. Now, Everybody should be able to go fishing. It's no big deal. Go fishing. Enjoy yourself. Catch a fish. Come home. Fillet it. Fry it up. Eat it. But what Peter was saying, I'm going back to my old life. I'm going back to the old me. I'm going back to what used to be. 
See, I thought I had hope of being a different person, a better person. I thought I had opportunity. Man, I was overcoming my past. I've been putting my foot in my mouth for so long. I've been fussing and fighting. And I cut that guy's ear off and Jesus had to put it back on. And, And then I told Jesus, I'll never deny you. And then three times I said, I don't even know him. And I didn't even get a chance to say I'm sorry. And now there's no hope for me. I'm going fishing. I'm going to go back like a pig to the mud. I'm going to go back to what I know. I'm going to leave this calling. I'm going to leave my purpose. Everything Jesus said I could be. I'm going to leave that and I'm just going to go back to what I used to be. You ever been there? Following Peter's denial, Jesus' death, the Bible says Peter said, I'm going fishing. And, 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 and here's, here's, what, here's what happens. When you get hopeless and you get in that situation, and you don't like to be there by yourself. So Peter didn't just go fishing. Peter said, hey, y'all want to go with me too? Misery loves company. Huh? Listen, I don't know about y'all, maybe you didn't maybe you didn't deny him. Hey, but I didn't see you sticking up for him. Where were you? At least I was by the fire, you weren't even there. So you know what? Y'all might as well come on and go fishing with me too. So many of these people, they all they left their nets and they followed Jesus, but now Jesus is dead, he's gone, and they're going fishing. But think about this fishing trip. Man, it had to be sad. Their friend had just died. Their hopes are dashed. Now what am I going to do? They, they, where, where are their boats? Where were their nets? Where, that, three and a half years. I mean, it's gone. What are we going to do with ourselves now? I mean, this was a sad fishing trip. Look at John chapter 21 and verse number 4. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach... But the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, Fellows, have you caught any fish? No. (laughs) Listen, we got to say that like they said it. They fished all night. There was no fish. And here this guy says, Hey guys, have you caught any fish? No. (laughs) It wasn't a happy no. No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved, that's John. He called himself that. (laughs) Isn't that great? Do you have that kind of confidence? This is John writing about himself. He didn't want to say John, uh, the disciple who Jesus loved. Said to Peter, that low-life accuser, denier guy, It's the Lord! When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed for shore. The other stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore. And there was about a hundred, for they were about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. 
fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Wow. Here they are. Sad bunch. Fishing. The Lord wasn't going to let them catch no fish. Listen, you'll never be happy with your old life. You're never going to be successful going back to who you once were. They, they fished all night and they didn't catch nothing. And then Jesus shows up and said, hey guys, y'all, you catch any fish? No. I love it. Why don't you put it on the right side? Listen, when, when, when you're hopeless, when you're running from God, whichever side you're fishing on is the wrong side. Jesus said, will not you put it on the right side? Well, if I know which side was the right side, I'd have put it on. Don't you think they'd already had it on both sides? And the back and the front. They fished all night. Jesus said, will not you put it on the right side? They threw it on the right side and so many fish they couldn't handle it. Had they seen that miracle before? Yes. They'd already seen it before. And they were there when he did it. And John said, oh, that's the Lord. <laughs> Ain't nobody can do stuff like that but the Lord. And Peter grabbed his coat, put it on, and just dove in the water. Why was he so in a hurry to get to Jesus? I'll tell you why. Because I feel like that he felt like there was hope in that relationship being restored. Listen, don't run from the possibility of your relationship being restored with somebody. If there's a chance, get to it. Don't hang back. Don't wait. He jumped in the water and he swam to shore. Now, uh, let, let, let's just take a moment. I, I want you to really get this in your head. Gage, would you run right there to the lights, please? And uh, when, when we were in Israel this, this, this last time, we were there two times. This last time, some of you guys were with us. And uh, wow, what a time we had. Wasn't that great? Uh, Tracy, Joe and Misty and their kids and uh, Amy and Ronnie and uh, Griselda and me and Amy. and uh, Was that it, our group? I think so. And, wow, what, what an amazing time we had. So we got to the shore of Galilee. We were on a boat in Galilee. Uh, we, were, we were all over Galilee. But this is the place where Jesus stood and looked out at the boat and told Peter to come. And uh, then the, the, the rock where they believed that he was, it's called Peter's Rock. Uh, they built a church on it and half inside and outside. I just want to show you because I want, as we finish this lesson today, I want you to be able to literally see right where they were. So let's, let's go to that first picture, Talita, if we can. There we are. This, this is inside the church. This is part of the rock uh, that they call Peter's Rock. And, and so that, that they felt like that they sat around on and uh, maybe cooked the fish where Jesus was cooking the fish. So that's inside the church. And, and then go right on the out. Go to the next picture. I think you'll be able to see on that. There's the outside. So the rest of those rocks are, are right there on the outside. And go ahead and go to the next one. And uh, they, these rocks were around. They said they, they kind of, they, they were marked. Kind of, they felt like the footsteps of where they would have come out and would have walked. And uh, go to that next one. There's another view of the side of the church with that rock. And then, is there one more? Is that it? Oh, yeah. This, this was just a statue that was there uh, of, of Peter and Jesus. And this, we're, we're about to get to this point to where Jesus asked Peter a question. I think, I, I, will the video work? I have a, just a quick video. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. Sea of Galilee. 
This is right where Jesus made breakfast for the disciples after the resurrection. Right on this rock, and built this church right on the rock. This is where Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? There's Tracy with her feet in the water right there. I saw her. That's it. Can you, flip, you flip those lights back up, Gage. Oh, listen. That's it. That is the spot. The spot. The, the, right there on the shores of Galilee, Jesus said, Hey, guys, caught any fish? And Peter jumped out of the boat, swam right to that point, and he comes and finds Jesus right there at those rocks. He's got a fire going. He already caught some fish. He had them ready. And then he said, hey, won't you, you read it grown down. He said, I want you all bring some of y'all's fish too. They caught like 138, I think, 100 and something. It's right there, I don't remember. And uh, Jesus began to give Peter an opportunity. You see, Jesus restores grace. Jesus' grace restores our hope. I'm telling you this morning... God's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. You haven't failed too much. There is hope. There, you, nothing you have done, said, how you've acted can keep you from your destiny. Jesus covered it all with his blood. And Jesus, Peter jumped out of that boat. He swam to Jesus. And... When he, I don't know that he thought it through because when he got there, then he's probably like, wait a minute, what am I going to say? All those thoughts already flooding his head. The last time he looked at you was when you denied him. Now you just jumped off a boat and swam up here to a guy you don't even know will accept you. But when he got there, Jesus welcomed him and gave him another opportunity. Can I tell you today, God will give you another opportunity? Let's read on. Verse, chapter, verse 15, chapter 21. Look here. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him the question the third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. You see, Peter had denied Christ three times. Jesus gave Peter opportunity to declare his love for him for every time he denied him. Come on, Peter, let's make this right. Let's set this straight. Let's cover every denial with love. Now Jesus was saying, Peter, do you love me? 
And he was asking him, do you love me agape? Do you love me unconditionally? When you look at it in, 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 in their language and all the nuances of, of, of their language and, and what love meant, there's, there's, three, there's four terms for love. Jesus was asking, do you agape me? Peter was answering him in phileo, friendship. God was, he was, Jesus was asking for the highest love. Peter was responding with the lowest love. So that's, 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 that, that's all we know how to. Listen, and guess what? Jesus accepted it. Jesus accepts your, whatever love you have on whatever level you are. And it hurt Peter because Peter said, I don't know how to love you anymore. I'm just a human. I'm a flawed, failure man. I've made mistakes. I don't know. I don't know how to love like God. I just know how to love like me. And I know I made a big mistake, but I'm willing to do whatever it takes to fix it. And Jesus just gave him opportunity after opportunity. Do you love me? Yes. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes. Feed my lamb. Do you love me? Feed. Opportunity. Peter responded, yes, yes, yes. Everybody say yes. I love you. I mean, with, with, with every time he said, I love you, he was just reversing that denial. Wouldn't you like God to just reverse all your mistakes and turn them around and turn them into miracles? Oh, it's possible. Peter's perfect denial was met by Jesus' perfect restoration. You, you think, but pastor, you don't know me. I, I blew it. I, I mean, I sinned big. That's okay. Jesus died big. He died the ultimate death to cover your ultimate failure. And He covers you. Listen, the lo- love for Jesus is proven by a life for Jesus. Okay. We say a lot of things, don't we? Has anybody ever said something that they didn't mean? Has anybody ever made you a promise and didn't keep it? So the proof that you love me, the proof is that you live a life for me. So Peter responds to each of these invitations. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And and, and Jesus just gives him another opportunity. He's giving him a new call. He had called Peter one time before. Follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. And now Peter says, I'm not worthy to follow you anymore. And Jesus gives him a new call. Peter, you love me? Okay. Go take care of my people. Go feed my sheep. Come on. Do do, do the work that I've been doing. He gave him a new call. Listen, your past does not determine your future. Your call in the beginning, maybe you failed it. Maybe you messed it up. Guess what? God's got a new fresh anointing and a call for your life. He's saying, come and follow me and prove it with a life lived for me. Well, did he do it? (laughs) Look at Peter's life. We don't have time to go into all of it. But I mean, here's the man that stood around with some women and said, I don't even know him. After Jesus ascended, Peter shows up on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit falls. Peter's baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. They begin to pray in tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. People begin to hear 
that language, and they were hearing it in all of their different languages, declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ, and thousands get saved that day. Peter steps up, the same one that was afraid around a little fire, now filled with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, stands up on the day of Pentecost and preaches boldly, this is that that was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And Peter gave presented the gospel. And thousand, three thousand got saved that day. And the church was birthed. And then Peter... Begin to serve and love and preach and spread the gospel. So much so walked in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit that when Peter would walk by, people would run and stand on the side of the streets. And when he came by, his shadow would cast and touch them and they would be healed. That same man that denied Christ felt hopeless. is now filled with hope. Because Jesus gave him another chance and filled him with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And now then, he's feeding his sheep, feeding his lambs. His life is proving that he's not just saying it with his words. He's living it with his life. That's the greatest proof that you're a Christian. You shouldn't have to tell anyone. Jesus said they'll see your good works And glorify my Father which art in heaven. They'll hear your words and see your actions. And they'll just know. Man, that guy's like Jesus. He's doing the same things Jesus did. And then, at the end of life, Peter was hung on a cross. Just like Jesus. And Peter said, no, 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 no. I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. And they turned him upside down on that cross and hung him upside down. He said, I'm not even worthy to die like Jesus. That's a life lived. How can, a, how can you go from denial to that kind of power? The grace of God. That same grace is here for you today. That same grace this morning, his question, the question Jesus is asking you, the question he's asking you at home, do you love me? It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what a rough scoundrel you've been. It doesn't matter where you've been, how low you've gone. It doesn't matter. Jesus loves you and he will forgive you. Give you another chance, another opportunity. And you can live a life Worthy of Jesus. You can live a life worthy to be called Christian. See, we call ourselves Christians many times. But it, in the Bible, it, it, it was when they didn't call them Christians until they, they it said they were doing so many powerful, great works at, at Antioch. When they were doing such amazing things, it says there is where they first called them Christians. Which simply means... They were Christ-like. Listen, it's what we're doing, what we're doing, what we're saying, how we're acting. Is our life an example enough that people would call us a Christian? Don't call me a Christian just because I go to church, because I preach the gospel, because I want to be called Christian because I'm Christ-like. 
I act like him in all my ways. I love like him, forgive like him, give like him, serve like him. The grace of God. For by grace are we saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen, the grace of God today wants to come and overcome all your failures. Today, if you feel hopeless, if you feel like I've, I've done too much, I've gone too far, I'm here to tell you, no, you haven't. Jesus loves you. There's hope. You've got a, another chance. You say, but pastor, I've had a thousand. Come on, it's a thousand and one today. As long as there's life in your lungs, breath in your lungs, and life, if you'll call on Jesus and ask him to forgive you, he will. I want us to just pray a simple prayer. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Maybe you're here today and you're serving the Lord, loving the Lord, but you just want to do it better. Maybe you're here today and you're not in right relationship with God. You, you, you have been at some point, but your love has grown cold. You've kind of become hopeless because of circumstances and situations and you feel like you failed God and He can't use you anymore. That's, that's, you, you understand and learn today, no, that, that, that's a lie. He loves you and He wants to give you opportunity this morning to say you love Him. To come back to your calling. To get busy about the Master's business. Or maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never asked Him to forgive you of your sins. Today, all of your past, all of your failures, all of your mistakes can be covered with the love of Jesus by His blood. He'll forgive you and you can have eternal life. And you can begin today to live a life for Christ. If you fit into any of those categories, would you just simply pray, say this prayer with me, dear Lord Jesus? Today, I confess, I have not loved you with my whole heart. I failed to live a faithful life before you. And I failed to serve others around me. Forgive me. Empower me to live in a way that demonstrates your grace in me and through me. Father, I just pray today that each person in this building and those watching online, Lord, if we've made a confession, Lord, we've sinned, we've failed. Forgive us. You said if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive. Lord, today as these men and women and young people have opened their heart to you, I pray that you would flood their life with joy and hope. Let the grace and the mercy of God cover their life. Give them a new hope and a new purpose. Let them get up from their place of despondency and discouragement and fear and unbelief and let them begin to live a life for Christ. 
A life that will change not only their circumstances, but all those around them. And I just pray that you would let the miracle of salvation overwhelm us today. As we confess our sin and ask you to forgive us. Come into our hearts and our lives. Be our Lord and Savior and our friend. In Jesus' name, amen.